Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the Man and Candace podcast. It's your girl Candace here with Eloy today, the king of the underground. How are you going to follow up to that? I have no follow up to that. <laughs> <laughs> now I just got to own it. Well, to me, okay, so give you guys a background. I went to high school with Eloy, and ever since I had an inception with Eloy, I always knew he was about music. Whether it was listening to certain artists, I always respected his discography and who we listened to. And I always knew that he was someone that if you wanted to go to -to toe-to-toe with when it comes to battle rappers or when it comes to SoundCloud rappers or when it comes to music other than rap, Mm -hmm. I always felt like you were the person no one wanted to fuck with. Oh, really? Yeah. And like like, talking about music? Yeah. I get really passionate about it, I think. It's not like a passion thing. It's not like, oh, he's going to get real passionate. It's Mm -hmm. He's going to show my ass. Yeah. He's going to school me. I listen to a lot of music. Yeah. So like this instrumental stuff, you're just like, oh god. No, why? I'm <laughs> just kidding. No, I love it. This this is what plays in my head when I'm not thinking about anything. Nice. This is kind of like my soundtrack to life because like like you know how like when you watch Family Guy or American Dad, mm-hmm. they're like taking a shower, they're driving, saying mm-hmm. hello to their family. That's kind of like what I do. Except <laughs> this is what plays. That's what plays. Like I'm driving to my grandma's. I have yeah. this song in my head. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, life without music, I just don't know what it would be, you know? It's just one of those... Oh, it'd be terrible. I might as well be be hooked up to an incubator. It would be fucking terrible. I would have gone crazy a long time ago if I didn't have an option to, like, express myself in that medium and and kind of find some peace in it. So tell me about how... Do you read music? Did you start off in band class? Mm. Did you... What was your first, like, did someone give you a guitar? Or was it, like, an artist? Did you see someone live? Did you hear a piece of music for the first time? Like, what was it for you that was just like, this is what the fuck I want to do? That's a good question. There's a few things, though. It was like a, it was a culmination of a few things, but I'm definitely not like a classically trained artist. I picked up instruments and then just started learning them. Okay. Um, and then I got around people who were really good musicians and classically trained musicians, and I started to learn more about... So expand on that. What's classically trained? Meaning, did, they, did, they, did their parents give them lessons? Or Classically like- trained is like either you had a, t- a teacher who is classically trained through music theory or you yourself study music theory and you read you read music you um you structure everything through music theory someone like me is like i call it like out the mud musicians where it's just like you decide you want to do it and then you just vie for any resource and how you can do it and then you just fucking like take in all the information and learn as you go that's beautiful because like i for me i'm not trying to like put my own story in it but like i was someone who was like my mom she really wanted me like out of the drug community or whatever that meant you know what i mean and so basically she wanted me to play instruments so Mm -hmm. she's like pick one so i picked the piano oh wow good choice um thanks and uh my yamaha that it that she got me it came with preloaded classical music so i was just like jamming out to classical music before i had like a limewire connect Mm-hmm. So like Symphony Number no. Nine, like the Can Can, like everything. That's to. Yeah, that's yeah. Awesome. And then so I I would be all well equipped, and like um, reading music was something that was very hard for me. Something mm-hmm. that I had to practice every day after school. My mom would be like, "Go practice, go practice, go practice," and I'd just be like, "I don't want to practice," yeah. but like you have to in order to get good, in order to mm-hmm. get your fingers to move in a certain way when you want a C chord, a D chord, or some type of progression or whatever. Even in your warm ups, mm-hmm. you need to play the basic melodies of even the classical stuff the the classical music was my homework and um i can't imagine trying to do that without any help (laughs) yeah it's insane right it's insane you suck for a long time 
And then you start understanding, oh, well, this is how things work. And even now, like, let's say I'm in a band now and, you know, the drummer is like classically trained. I'll do something and it'll be in the right structure. But I don't even know. That's just me naturally doing it. That so way. are you running off timing and pacing yeah. and, and like when, other when people's rhymes, other people's like, cues? Like when they hit a note, like, okay, it's my turn. Two yeah. seconds after this. What will yeah. happen is we'll start. Well, it depends what you're talking about. So if we're talking about like the band I'm in, we start with an idea. Maybe we'll start in a chord, a key. And we're like, hey, this sounds kind of funky. And then we'll try this. And then from there, I'll be in the room with them. And I play piano as well. So I'll be maybe finding where I'm at. And then I'll start writing stuff to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's coming to my mind? It often feels like you ever feel like when you're like maybe painting something, or you, you become the source of inspiration, or like you're pulling from some source rather, and you become the conduit. Yeah, for me, it's other women. You. If I see a woman and like That's I think she's very attractive, right. like there's a certain look that she like. Oh shit! Did she just look at me like yeah. that? That's what I try to convey, and oh, like, wow. that's why that's why all my subjects are women. Oh wow! Yeah, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Women are a huge source of all like inspiration. If you, if you look at my art, it's like, it's a woman who's looking at you like she's about to fuck you. Yeah. Giving you the fuck. Dude, I love that. And also like that feeling is a great one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 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 Look at me. Like, she's like, yeah, I can fuck him. That's hilarious. I love that. Yeah. There's so, so like, much creation. Yeah. In that. Yeah. Cause like, that's why I like painting women from like, like, like Elvira yeah. from Scarface. Cause she's a seductress woman. Right. Right. Oh, every look right she, she gave. Is. Every yeah. look she gave in that movie was like a. Oh my god! Everything, but yeah, everyone was trying to fuck her. Jesus Christ! What a crazy fucking. Film. I mean, I can relate to being that girl going to the club. Sounds fucking exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking exhausting. No, you'll be like Jesus a lot Christ. of girls. A lot of my listeners can relate to as well. It's like you go on Instagram, and now that they have that heart feature. Mm-hmm. Oh, on stories. Yeah. So now the guys who have girlfriends. They can like they your like stuff your without heart. having the story reply that you can screenshot. Oh, right. Well, they could, before they were doing like a hundred emoji reactions. Yeah. Oh, hundred emoji <laughs> reaction. Oh, my bad. I didn't mean to send that. I was just saying you was real. That's all I was saying. You oh, my selfie's real? My selfie's keeping oh, it 100? That's an, uh, yeah. I said something, I said something 100 with my face. That's so fucking annoying. <laughs> and then, like, when, you, when you're the subject of fuckability, you point it out in every other situation. Like, oh, that person wants to get fucked by this person. You can't go anywhere. You can't go to Walmart. Yeah. You can't go to QT. Mm-hmm. It's exhausting. You're right. It sounds so exhausting. Everyone's trying to fuck somewhere. That's a thing. That's, that's why we have so many human beings. And what gets me is, like, the whole... From 18, you're up for grabs to like what, 75? Oh my god. You know what I mean? Yeah, I and then so. so it's like you got a bunch of like people who are like questionable in age. Like yeah. you, you can you can have people from 40 to 21 who look the same fucking age. Have you dated an older person? Yeah. Yeah? How much older? Big you mean gap. date or hook up? Mm, both. Date 36. When you were 24. That's a pretty big gap. And then okay, yeah. Okay, See, so like saying, so though. like we weren't serious. Mm-hmm. My most serious age gap relationship was five and a half years, almost six years, Absolutely. which wasn't that bad. Right. wasn't that bad. It was still noticeable. Of course. Definitely noticeable. Of course. Of course. I was, because even, I think for me, two years is too much. Think so? Yeah. What because I just feel like, I feel like if I'm dating in my 20s, two years is too much. In my 30s, it might be different. Because I just feel like when you're in your 20s, every year is a milestone. It feels yeah. like four years. Yeah, absolutely. I was. Does know, that make sense? Like, absolutely. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I don't want to date anyone who's like 20 mm. and I'm 23. I can't take them to the club. But like, I just feel like because like from 21 to 23, I got was arrested. Like I was like, my bills <laughs> yeah. tripled and my my income yeah. didn't. Right. 
Yeah, no, it's fucked up. And I like that you said that, though, because I was just listening to the last episode you dropped, and you were saying, like, people in the, born in the 90s are now turning 30, and how that's a milestone, and so that's really interesting to me as well, and I think I'm very excited to turn 30. Me too! Like, that's like, I, when people are saying some shit about, like, I know a few people that they're, like, kind of have this, like, an anxiousness about being 30. I'm like, dude, 30 is going to be the best. We're going to make dude. so much money. Oh, my we're God. We're going to look good. It's going to be so, it's going to be the pinnacle things. And then, you know how, like, when you turn 20, you have 10 years of your teenage experience. But most of the time, you're a child and you're usually the victim of circumstance in your life. I'm a child. Yeah. I just stopped being the victim of a circumstance. I just started taking accountability oh, for my own shit. Shit's powerful. It so, is. And so now when you're 30, you're still young. But now you have the 10 years of your choices you've made to, to pull from and you have that experience you know yeah and i'm just so excited to provide for my family i like i don't know if you've taken a look around i don't have kids mm. i don't have a husband yeah i don't even have a serious relationship i'm just kind of being a bachelorette right mm. now which is honestly boring you think so at this point yeah because i have i have the place right i have yeah. the place i have i feel like i have the maturity to do it now yeah, i sure. feel like it takes a special person to like be like, okay, I like you, I like you too, but not to sleep with all of them and not to put them all against each other. Yeah, you know you what I mean. Want, yeah, it gets real messy. It, it, are you are you like openly dating people? What do you mean by you openly? Like, like out, am like, I with someone and then dates? with like other? I'm saying like, are you trying? Are you trying? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to date somebody? I, I'm trying, but like they're not trying. <laughs> right, but you're putting your option out there. I put like, my option out there, and when and if someone asks me what am I looking for, I'll be honest. Yeah, and then that's when usually it it's ends. Important ass question. Oh, really? Yeah, that's when it ends. That's when it ends. It's because what? I tell them what I'm looking for, and they feel like they're not that. Yeah, anymore. and I, and what I say is like, hey, I'm looking for something that could lead somewhere. I don't mm-hmm. know what that means. Mm-hmm. But I don't want a platonic relationship where I'm just having sex with you twice a week. That's so understandable. And then so I told him and, and then I follow up with the question is, does that make sense? Because I yeah. don't want any I don't want them trying to play mind games with yeah. me, mm-hmm. trying to hook up, trying to come over and hang out while not defining what anything is. Because like I I played that. 12 years with that yeah, with Ryan. Right. I'm not doing that again. Yeah, I'm not doing that again. And like so I just affect. And they take it personal. They're like, "Oh, she wants to. She wants me to be. She wants me to be her boyfriend." That's not what I said. I said I'm willing to explore an option if it leads somewhere. Yes, but you have to express to me that you're taking that, like that um, aspect of the future seriously. Yeah, right? like if like let's like if people if someone if you if to me it makes sense if you're vibing with someone and it's consistent mm-hmm. and there's like no drama. Why not? And if if there's if you both want to see where it leads, then then why not? I don't like. I feel like I'm really too old for the whole playing hard to get. Yeah. Because I feel like I the guys that, that I say this to, they want to be with me. Mm-hmm. Of course they do. They want to sleep with me on a regular basis. That's what they want. But like to act like they don't want to be cared for, to act like they don't want someone to give a shit about their day. Yeah. Right. That that's bullshit to me. Yeah. Yes, I understand. And so you're like, in your perspective, you're like, well, I'm, I'm offering like that we try to do something and you, so you feel like you're not getting the complete honesty back. Exactly. Yeah. And like, not right. only that, I feel like so many people are red pilled and hiding it. Oh, <laughs> gross. Because no one will outright come out to me and say, um, I don't think you meet my standards as a female. You know mm. what I mean? No mm. one's going to tell me that. You don't no, think so? No, not to my face. Why not? Because I feel like 
People they're not people confident. Aren't just, people just want to do that. I feel like there's not enough alpha males to say shit like that. I feel like with all these, uh, with all this amount of red pill talk and the amount of people in the red pill community trying to be red pilled, taking the red pill but still being purple. How would you feel if someone said that to you? Would you take it as critical? I would like respect feedback? it. Yeah, I would respect it, even if the delivery was way Kevin Samuels. <laughs> yeah, I would respect. Delivery is important when you're selling someone something like that. Like, but I'm the same way because. I'm trying, like, I'm in the opposite spectrum of you, but I'm very similar as well because I don't have kids. I'm focused on what I want to do with my life. I'm not looking for relationship, but I am in, like, um, I, for the first time in my life, I'm trying out, like, polyamory, having multiple partners, and learning about what that is. I kind of was talking that. about that in Cheating 101, my episode, because mm-hmm. I was asking myself, like, is monogamy real? Right. Is it? Or and, is it, and, like, it was mm-hmm. a hard conversation with myself, and I did cry, and I was right. just like, because as... For me, I don't know if this is true for all women. I don't know if this is true for all women in America. Mm-hmm. But the whole Disney princess thing, yeah. being raised on movies and being raised in a culture that yep. tells you that one man is mm-hmm. going to find you yeah. and crown you. It's program behavior. Yeah, that's yeah. why a lot, that's why we don't approach. That's why we like sit in the castle like Rapunzel all day. Yeah. And you're not, yeah. And I think that also bleeds in something deeper because especially when you're putting in kids' movies and you're, and you're diving in a concept into like uh, the building blocks of consciousness, you start to think that. And then I think a lot of times you get um, men and women who don't take more control over or or at least some initiative. When I, you know see, I, I mean? noticed that because this last guy really wanted to like ex- explore, can we be friends? Yeah. You know what I mean? Can we be more than friends? Right. I explained to him up front, like, because we were already hooking up. It was supposed to be a hookup, mm-hmm. and like I liked him, and then so I told him like, "Hey, this is how I feel. If you don't feel this way, then we should stop because this is how I feel." Good. And then so he's like, "We should go our separate ways." So I was like, "Cool." So we went our separate ways, but like he was taken aback by like how I wasn't like masculine about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. I was just like, "Hey, like I didn't expect this. You're really, I think you're really something." Yeah. Like that's honesty though. Yeah. And that's like I don't know. I don't think. But I feel like the. Re- I feel like one, he's red pilled, and two, the red pill community. It's just like, I don't think they know how to accept when a woman is doing what they want. I love that. That's the best thing for me. Like, I appreciate a woman more than anything. I appreciate a woman telling me the truth about her aspects of like reality and what she wants, because then I just fucking know. Then we're not playing this game where it's okay. like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, and like someone like me, I can <clears throat> see how. Someone who doesn't know me, or maybe they do know me, and they but they don't know my life life because we're not best friends or yeah, we're not partners right. or anything. Right. My mom gives me the world, and I don't expect that from my partner. Yeah, why would you? I feel like, I feel like movies again mm-hmm. make an illusion that like, oh, she's she's high maintenance. She needs money. She needs yeah. to look at her. She's got the latest phone. She's got this. Like, whenever she's, she's never... Like, people, like... I've had guys tell me, like, I can't make you happy. That's deep. We can go deeper into that then, right? Can so, like, we? Because, like, is it just the guy that... The guys that told me that? That's a thing. That's what I'm asking. So, like, if... Because it's certain type of thing. Like, I feel like when men say stuff like that, they feel like their actions aren't being noticed and there's some type of thing that's missing where they're not being because you know how some people have different love languages some men some women they need you to tell them every day hey i still want to be with you i still love you and some people like like for me for example i don't need that every day but i need actions correlated to it you know what i mean yeah i don't i don't need that do you feel like you're happy though i feel like i feel like i'm happy with myself then i don't think you need you get what i'm saying yeah because 
But like, I think if I give that allu- if I give that illusion, or if I if I'm giving giving off that vibe, like something's missing in my life, and yeah. you're supposed to fulfill it, then right. that's something that I'm doing. Right. Exactly. Right. And if you're not, if you don't feel that way, then it's obviously something that because for a man to say that, there's some insecurity being displayed out. You know, Where it's like, well, nothing I do makes you happy because that that stems from a feeling of like I'm not good enough. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Because one of the guys that I'll share with you, it was Ryan, and like, but he grew up with me mm-hmm. in the home a lot of the times, and he saw what me and my mom went through financially, and then he knows how spoiled I am. He knows how things make me happy, mm-hmm. and that's that's just how I am. Things make me happy. Gifts make me happy. Sure. Just, fuck, fuck it. One of your love languages. Yeah. Yeah. So you are. So, yeah. Like he went and he told me he's like, you know what? We could just never be together because like. The, there's no way I can just. There's no way I can give you any of this. Okay, that's interesting then. But he has the thing where he expects that you expect him to give you that, right? Yeah. Right. I think he as expects it of himself as like a man thing. Right. Right. So that goes into more of like, if you're not putting that on him, if it, that expectation, then. I never once said then I that's need him this. That on yeah. Himself, I never right? once said I need this. I need that. I need that. I that's never once put on Twitter. You know, just out in public saying, I need a man to provide. I never, you could, you'll never pull out an archive post of me saying, my man needs to make this much. Yeah. Or like, you know, shit like that. No. It's interesting though, dude, does, does he, does he come from a kind of a understanding of like, I'm not attached to these things. So he's I very machismo. Like oh, right. Okay. Yeah. He's very like, I feel like there's a lot of things. There's a lot of areas where I excelled and he didn't. Uh-huh. As far as, especially in like career. So you think it's a competition thing? I feel like it became a competition because he couldn't dominate me because he is machismo. Yeah, I hear Because I feel like, and that's where the emotional abuse came. Like he treated me less than a human being to kind of like step on me. Right. And nobody wants fucking to deal with that shit. Nobody wants to deal no, with that shit. Nobody yeah. wants to deal with it. That's wild as fuck. Hmm. But yeah, I don't know. Like that's in a whole different position because now I'm in a whole like, like like I was thinking about like monogamy. I wanted to know yeah. what you say. Is it real, right? Because it's real in the sense that some people believe that's the practice that leads to like a wholesome relationship. But what does your body say? What does your says, body? Your do? biology says something completely different. Exactly. Right. And there's so much literature on that that there's like. What, Tell me about your research into polyamory. Okay. Um, well, my research has been mostly through. A little bit of reading. There's a, there's a really good book called Sex Before Dawn that talks about the biology of humans and how we were biologically programmed with the earth and that this is not something that makes sense in civilized uh, society, but we kind of like made it because of a lot of because of religious influence, right? Um, and a lot of because of, uh, like you said, media, right? With that religious influence backing it. Or, or, so that's what I've done some reading on, but mostly it's been an experience. And I'm very new to it as well. Yes. But it's very interesting to me because I'm almost seeing like another side of a coin that I've been flipping my whole life. But my whole life I've only been like, oh, I really like this girl for these reasons. I'm going to see how that goes. And then I'm, oh, and that's something, you know, I take time to myself. And then if I find someone, I, you know, it's only been yeah. in inaugurated relationships. And I've consistently yeah. fucked them up, you know? Yeah. Can you be polyamorous but one at a time just hold on hear me out Oh, that's interesting could you have the outlook in life saying hey one person's not going to work for me the whole time and that's okay i'd rather live life knowing i have 10 true loves than one true love that's how i see it yeah well if you're just dating them one at a time then it would be monogamy right 
Because you're not, you're to, not seeing well, the other ones. To me, anogamy, there's an exclusivity clause of right. not seeing anyone while you're seeing them. Mm-hmm. But to me, maybe this is where I'm different. Mm-hmm. It goes further, and this is my religious influence. It goes further as you got to stay with this person, not only in this life, but in the afterlife. Because oh, that, that's how I was raised, and this is what a lot of Christians believe mm-hmm. that marriage is life. Like, even the, the life and death do us part, there's still an aspect of the after. Yeah. Because you're marrying this person in front of God. So, I don't, I no longer, mm. because of, because I don't believe 100% monogamy, like, it's mm. not, it's not, it's not a hill I'll die on anymore. Yeah, likewise. Um, um, likewise. The whole religion thing falls apart. It fell, the whole religion thing fell apart for me a long time ago. For me as well. But, I'm going to get my drink real quick. Yeah. So yeah, um, that exclusivity clause of monogamy for me extends beyond just the duration of however long it lasts. Like the whole notion of did it work out? Yes, I agree with that. I completely agree with that. Have you ever experienced something where you're like interested in multiple people, but they know about it and you're kind of like having a... Um, experiences of both of them? Have you ever been something um, like that? No. I, well, I didn't allow myself to have that experience because I, because to me, even though things weren't solid, this is where the monogamy influence comes yeah. in, just because things weren't solid with either of them, I didn't want them to know about each other. Yeah. And also, so this is where it gets interesting. This is why we're similar. I've always experienced the opposite, right? The monogamous thing. Now you get in a situation where you start to get involved with people who are open to that, these ideas. And sometimes what's interesting to me is this road, it's getting more, I think it's getting more popular to think. I, I think within the next 30 years, we're going to see more people being polyamorous and multiple partners. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people will say, oh, I'm open to this. And then when their pride is, is uh, checked at some point, they're like, oh, wait, no, man, I'm actually not open to it. You know, so it's very interesting because a lot of people will say, oh, I'm open to this idea. But if they're not really secure with themselves, it just completely falls apart. I'm definitely not secure enough to be in a polyamorous relationship. I have a lot of issues with possession. Right. Um, and that, that that's my issue. I can't... I shouldn't see someone as property. I mm. shouldn't see someone as... Hey, that's mine. What's possession to you, though? Let's describe that then. You know what I not, mean? Because not I, being able to share. Mm-hmm. Like if I had someone, like let's say if we were in an open relationship right. and you had a girlfriend that me and her we know about each other, but mm-hmm. we don't necessarily have to be together, right? Of course not. Okay, so I like if I'm in a mood, whatever that means. Yeah. My mom yelled at me. Aunt Flo came. Whatever mood I'm in. <laughs> If I see a picture of the both of you in San Francisco and, uh-huh. and I asked you what you were doing and you were like, nothing, mm-hmm. I'm going to get mad. Right. That makes sense, though. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not, and it's going to be like a automatic response from like jealousy issues from like middle school. I don't mm. know. Yeah. I'm going to be mad. I'm going to have a reaction. Of course. And I don't know how at that point when that happens, what do I do with that feeling? Am I going to be mm. mature and secure enough to... Mm deal with it and ruffle with it if it's still persistent am i still going to be mature enough to go to go get help like from a therapist or something Mm -hmm. or go talk to someone professionally this is what i like about it though because i've never experienced these i had these experiences but now i'm learning a lot about myself because i'm dealing with a lot of that like okay i say i'm open right i say i'm open with i like for example i'm talking to a girl right now and i actually really like her it's really cool we've got 
You you met her, right? Um, she's in a very open-minded person. So she's the one kind of opened up my mindset. She was like, hey, I like you. But at the time she had a boyfriend, but she was consistently like approaching me and telling me, oh, you know, and I was kind of like, whoa, what's going on with you? I'm not, I'm not going to be the person again in your relationship. I don't do that shit, you know? And she's yeah. like, oh no, this is a whole nother understanding. So, but, so it, I learned a lot about myself in the aspect of like, I like her, but when she goes spend time with another guy who I know, who's a cool guy, what are my real emotions? How do I deal with that? So what I like about this and what I'm trying is like, I learn a lot about myself. Like you said, like, yes, I might have an emotional reaction because I'm a human being, but then how do I deal with that? And then how do I communicate it to that person? Yeah, Because that's the only way it's gonna work. Right? I definitely don't wanna keep it bottled inside. No, it's that. that's how it doesn't work. So you learn a lot about yourself by doing it. I think that's one of the more interesting things that I've had so far. I would say, I would never say never. I feel like I would try it, but uh-huh. like, it's definitely going to be different than managing three guys at once. Oh my God, so that sounds exhausting. And it is. Yeah, but- and I feel like a lot of people, they <laughs> see polyamory as managing people. Uh, maybe because <laughs> like, like, I'm a I know, rook. Like, like I got to have sex with them oh. on Monday. And we gotta I got to visit. Oh. And then they, they, they need to be picked up from work on Thursday. To me, it's more like I'm managing my own life, but I hold a part in a, a lot of other partners' lives. Like, you know what I mean? It's a, I don't know. It's very interesting to have that experience. Like, do you feel, even though you're, even though you're brand new, do you, yeah. and you're, and you're, and you oh, have, and you have that girl that I met mm-hmm. and you're, and you're, and you like someone that you're talking to, mm-hmm. do you feel spread thin in terms of like communicating to them? both of them do you feel like you have do you feel like like for example if you, the girl that i met if you text her 10 times versus mm-hmm. the other one five times do you feel inequity do you feel like maybe i should talk to her a little bit more oh like trying to balance it out yeah no i i because yes and no right because people different people need different needs right and then the thing about having different partners is everyone has a different love language that they want from you right so it's like do i don't you, know is that something you ask like absolutely what's your, okay. i think whenever i to get me involved, love language is a new in the last like three years to me oh really yeah but you would just name one of yours earlier in the conversation right you're yeah. like i like what people do yeah so I, ha- I, don't I know there's them. other ones mm-hmm. i don't know if i if that's I don't know if you can only have one. No, I, don't know. You could, I think you have mainly two, but you could have more. You could have all of them if you want to. But I think for mostly people, they have main two that are like these ones. For is you. it hooked in your childhood? Yes. Because for me, yes, it is. It makes sense because gifts. Mm-hmm. My mom would always reward me. Do you want to go to the mall? If I clean my room, do you want to go to the mall? Mm-hmm. This is what I was talking about. Those building blocks, right? Your consciousness being the building blocks, and your mom's having this reward system built into your neurological, oh, yeah. you know, your, your neurology, and then all of a sudden you find a man who you like. And he's giving you that same feeling and you have that neurological pathway. It's like, that's love because I love my mother. So like, yeah, these things, there's actually a study that I was reading that describes, they did a study about kids and how they interact or what happens. Like, let's say I was a small baby and you and my mother, right? They did this study where the mother would walk out the room. They would measure the baby's response and then a stranger would come and sit next to where the mother was and then they would measure the baby's response. And based on the baby's responses, they were able to kind of understand the, the or kind of articulate the ways in which these babies were learning that what they what kind of uh, love they were going to need or what kind mm-hmm. of like you know but obviously life is very complex and I think there's a there's an even more complex mother mother daughter mother son mother child sure. connection because sure. like there are times where I will literally be like my mom's thinking about me pick up my phone you know right there she is yeah bing you know, right bing bing and it's weird it happens at night too when mm-hmm. it's it could be like twelve. 3 a.m. at Monday, it'd be an emergency. 
First ring. Hello? And she just got out of bed. Hmm. That's like that sixth sense shit we have, though, you know? It's like that, like, um, I think intuition plays a lot into those yeah. things, like, you know? It's a very powerful force in the universe. And I think, I, here's the thing about... That's why I love artists. This is the double split, double split experiment, is that things act different when they're observed. So, right. what is science? Because science is all observation. Is mm-hmm. what, what, are, what are the fundamental science principles when they are not observed? Right. What are different. they? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Are they even there? That, that's why that metaphor works with the, the tree falls. Of course it makes a sound, but the question is not if it makes a sound. Everything makes a sound when you hit it. The question is, what is is it different if it's not being observed? And that's the right, that's why that that's why you always are gonna hear that. Does the tree make a like, sound? Like if I'm not if I'm not on social media, mm-hmm. if I'm not on camera, I am different. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? If right. I'm not being observed, if I'm not being picked apart, I am different. Right. So it's just like down to the cellular level, mm-hmm. what's going on? Mm-hmm. This is why, okay, now, now that we're getting into it, this is why I'm open to polyamory. Because it's like, hey, like you like me? That's cool. I'm, I, I'm only responsible for myself. So, like, if I'm being a genuine person with multiple people and they all know and I'm being honest about everything, I don't see why there's a reason why I can't be this person living my life autonomously and having relationships with, with different people and having different relationships with people, having different experiences and not having no secrecy. Because if you remember earlier, I said I tried monogamy, but I fucked it all up. That was mostly on me. I, I, I was having trouble communicating, even when I was interested in other people, right? I didn't know how to communicate it. I was even with a girls, a few girls, that would have been open to entertain the fact of like me saying, hey, that girl's cute. Do you maybe want to like get to know her? Obviously, you're my girlfriend. But like, but I wasn't even mature enough to have that conversation. Now, I'm a lot more mature. I mean, how could you be? You were it, young. Right? Yeah, but I, I, I also thought like, they're gonna like be like, who the fuck? Like, you think you talk to this bitch? You think she's cute? You know. And I did talk to a few girls like that, and that's what kind of set that standard. But when you talk to someone who's secure with themselves a little more, you get a different response. And so now I'm in this position where like I can like someone, and they can go hang out with someone. And I could even hear about their experience, and I'm not. My life isn't based on their reaction to me and our relationship. You know what I mean? Even though it's meaningful, and I want to continue seeing a rock with that person, I'm also like only living basically my own life. You know, it's like, I want to be a part of someone's life, but I don't want to be their life because it always ruins it. It always ruins it. Yes. And that's, that's exactly what I was trying to get at with the whole, like, people feeling like they're not enough for me. Like, you don't have to be my life. Yeah. I just think you're going to find someone who's like on that shit and they're going to be a fucking weirdo like we are. And then it's going to make more sense. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Like, I don't fucking know. Dude, I'm fucking trying polyamory. I don't know what the fuck is going on. I've had some you know, I, I'm at a point in my life where anything goes right now. <laughs> Dude, same. That's why I'm like, yo, like, for real, though. But now it's, it, I, you know why I like why I like why I'm doing this? Because it's teaching me about honest communication. Yeah, And how important that is. And so being like, honest with yourself. Honest with yourself, right? Honest with the people you're involved with. Honest with people you're having sex with. And before, I just was, like, running through it, acting like a fucking asshole, like a child, you know? And... I wasn't a bad person. I was a really good person, very loving, but I wasn't able to communicate properly. And now I'm just like, yo, okay, hold on, sit down. Let me talk to you about this. Right. How do you feel about this? What do you think about this? Like, and I can get a, a, a groundwork of like, okay, some people they, they're just not down for it. You know, there's some people they're like, well, if you're fucking someone else, like, what the fuck? Don't like, fucking talk to me. Yeah, like, with your, um, we're done. You we're know what done. I mean? like, we're done. 
And it's like, who who sat us down and taught us? This is what you do. Everything. <laughs> Our parents, movies, media, music, everything. So that's why we're, we're so tied yeah, to this relig- yeah. religion. And it's a lot like, of R&B music, a lot of pop music is about yeah, stealing dude. a guy or like it really is. having one guy or like being chosen or like. Oh. Yeah, we're no, indoctrinated. No. I don't like it. It's a lot of pro- it's, and it's not just that. There's like a lot of ideologies that we live through or constructs, I should say, socially, like monogamy, that we just accept as like that's what it is. You yeah, know what I mean, like I never used to think gender was like a construct thing until I started opening doors for men. That's interesting. Oh, I, that's awesome. Yeah, I, and I always, I always used yeah. to do it. I always used to do it, but like as a kid, and people thought, oh, it's just a kid being a kid, nice kid. But now you but like now, you open the door. Yeah, for like like even on my on my best days, I will open I'll open a door for a man because I think it's just rude to leave a door in someone's face when you're right there. Why not? And for me not to do it, it begs the question: Oh, is it because she's a woman? Let me ask you a question: Have you ever had like a? memorable conversation with just a stranger in the middle of nowhere have you does anything pop up in your mind oh yeah let me um because i i listen to your podcast and it's like it, it reminds me of you in a way and it's and I, that's why i know why you're gonna have some success with what you're doing because you're an interesting person and you have a very interesting perspective on things uh-huh. and so that makes me think we're similar in that way and i always have like these like crazy conversations with people like when i'm waiting for a bus or like um oh yeah i just walk up to people sitting like at the park looking at the sunset and start talking to them like oh yeah i do that all the time there's just one guy named john buton John Buton, John Arthur Buton. For weeks he was playing guitar. John Arthur Buton? Yeah, John. Jeff? Yeah, Jack. Nice. Okay. For weeks he was playing guitar for money, uh, for cigarettes and booze and whatever drugs he was on. Mm-hmm. For weeks in front of the ASU, um, across from uh, uh, 92 Place. Oh, okay. I know and, exactly that. In front of the district. Yeah, so he was right there and then like... I'm someone who, like, can't avoid making eye contact with people. Mm. I always make eye contact with you people. You right. I, I yeah. don't know why. And then, so, like... so You, got, you got to make sure they're not NPC. You got to make sure... Right! They're- so, <laughs> you got to make sure I'm not NPC. And then, so, um, I, I smile and I say hi for, like, for, like, weeks. I'm like, he's like, can I bum a cigarette? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So, we become, like, street acquaintances. You know right. what I mean? Yes, and then, then right. one day, I'm like, I'm waiting for my friend. She can't open the... She's not there to have the, the key fob for the district. I'm stuck outside. Mm. So I'm like, let me just sit and have a conversation with, with this person. I'm like, John, nice to meet you, Candace. So we just cigarette banter. You don't know how to have a conversation until you smoke cigarettes. <laughs> That's what Tim Dillon said. I, I love Tim Dillon. <laughs> and I love that this song's playing when you made a fucking street friend. It's like, <laughs> you don't know cigarette. Friend. <laughs> so it's like, John, Candace, Candace, John. You know what I mean? And then yeah. like. I found out he had a son that he abandoned that he really wanted to get back in contact wow. with. And wow. that he had all these regrets and like all this shit. I'm like, yeah. And then I had Val and Justin who were, who were drug dealers. Mm. I got him some drugs. And I said, have a good time. Wow, yeah. You know, I'm like, here's my... I was like, you want to remember me? Here's my ID. My Not my... Not my state ID, but my ASU ID. I had multiple ones. Oh, really? Yeah. You had a bunch of them? Then he got arrested, and then what? the police was like... How did like, you know? How did you find out? The police emailed me. What? Because he had Because he had my ID. Holy shit. So, like, yeah, the police were like, are you okay? Like... We don't know what this guy's We don't know. What exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm like, know. I just smoked a cigarette with him. Yeah, little they know you, like, gave it to him. And you guys had, like, a, a real human conversation. Conversation yeah. about his son and his life wow. regrets. Yeah. Yeah, wow. And he he didn't know me from a can of, can of shit. You know what I mean? He Man. probably was like, I'm not going to see this girl again. I can tell her bullshit or I can tell her the truth. 
that's the beauty of it, though, yeah. right? It's like the conversation with strangers. I like, feel bad for people who don't know how to protect themselves, who don't have the social cues to be like, maybe I shouldn't talk. Because, like, talking yeah. to strangers sounds crazy, I know. Yeah. But I've been around enough customer service scenarios. I've mm-hmm. been around enough sketchy situations, sketchy parties. You get a read. Get and a also, read. like, that's a big thing about what you said about eye contact. I think a lot of people's intentions are... You can tell, like, but I think it's also like I don't know, maybe like talking out of the park a little bit, but like I think that's some like growing up in like, like situations where I grew up in situations where I, I consistently, right, right. So I consistently had to gauge people and what they were capable like, of. Like, is the what, room what hot right on. now? Yeah, it's like, like I, for me, for me, being exactly. being a young girl, it yeah. was, is this guy gonna touch me? Right. It was, is is this is so and so stepdad? gonna come in the room tonight it never happened with me and like the other people's friends but i was always aware of men i yeah, was always aware you have to be right but like when you were like a six seven eight year old it really it's fucks up, up your childhood of course it does it really does because you're looking at everyone like do you want to touch me sir because if you do i have to stand by the door of course it does how could it not yeah you know and it's like man i was thinking about the other day where it's like it sucks and it's cool that like obviously I know people like you and you have a certain understanding that allows you to operate in those spaces. But most women feel like they can't just go out in the middle of the night and have a walk through the night and enjoy the lights and put music on and No, just you gotta you, you gotta you gotta dress like a banshee. Fucked up, dude. No, you for me I all makeup's off. Yeah. Hair's up, edge is wild, like you glasses on, mm-hmm. like you like Nike's on, sweats on, like you can't like you can't you can't you can't fuck around. You can't because, be out here willy nilly with the shit. Like. Yeah, and like depending on what state you live in, it's like or what city you live in, it's like I don't know how it is downtown right now, but I haven't been catcalled downtown because mm-hmm. I haven't walked downtown. But like over here, when it happens, nothing happens to me if right. I don't if I ignore them. Mm-hmm. But I don't like in New York, like Queens, mm-hmm. women are getting shot. I love Queens. Brooklyn women Before, are getting I didn't shot. know you were gonna say women are getting shot, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> I love Queens, where the part of women where don't women don't get shot. That's the part I was at. Yeah, women like Harlem, especially Harlem. Women are getting shot. From like cat calls, you're saying? Yeah, That's walking crazy. out the liquor store, That's, walking out the liquor this store. This is the show I'm talking about. That's fucking insane. And like, I, I feel like that makes me really sad that the state of the world is that way because some of my nights when I was living like. When I was living on 16th Street in Indian School, right in the fucking center of the hood, there's a canal right there. Some of my best creative ideas would just be like, I'm in this room, I'm in this room, I'm working, I'm working, I'm on the piano, nothing's happening, I'm gonna take a walk. And so, and, yes! and the fact that a woman who is a creative or just going through something in her life can't just have that thought to do that. You know how many times I wanted to go practice spray painting on walls, but because of that thought. Oh, we should go then. Yeah, because fuck the cops. Because fuck the cops. You know what I mean? But like, there's been so many times, but like, it's. To find walls, you have to go to like sunny slope or, or really like, small secluded places, yes. uh, alley with strange alleyways. Like it's like yeah, yeah. And then there's there's some guy on the there's some pimp on the corner. And there's some guy who's trying to wave his butterfly knife. There's some guy. There's some guy who wants who's looking for Percocets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You can't do shit. There's some like um, just oh. Oh, being... and if you sorry to interrupt, but if you go to Circle K or Q2, there's ten motherfuckers at the door. That was gonna be my story. Oh so you, were my even you were like literally what I was gonna talk about. My story is okay. Yes, there's ten motherfuckers at the door, and they're all trying to ask for a dollar. I have no idea. They see wow. you with your card too, and they're like. Man, can I have a dollar? And there was this one that used to give out compliments. And mm-hmm. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. He stand at the I don't door. Your dollar he, compliment. Yeah! He stand at the door. Well, he didn't stand, he had a wheelchair, so he'd sit at the door. Oh my 
He'd God. sit at the door, he'd be like, and then as soon as you get out your car, whoo, who's that beauty over there? Oh, yeah, and then, he would do that to every oh. single person, though. All I gotta say is, <laughs> ODC, $1 compliments. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you know you don't mean that shit. That's so good, dude. Uh, gas, station, gas station compliments just boost my ego. They do. <laughs> you're, just like, you're, you're just like, oh, I'm at the gas station. Yes, dude. I love that. That reminds me of so many, so many fucking memories. I really love that you um, chose a certain moment of inspiration and then all your paintings align around that moment. Because, like, I've had that moment of inspiration. Like, and, and when a woman looks at you like that, it's like... Uh, your whole neuro, like your whole neurological system is like and I would do I would do the same thing for That's men tough. but I spent 14 I spent six years drawing one man oh really yeah wow that's how I learned how to draw faces wow really yeah so I can draw a woman's face by drawing one man's face wow <laughs> wow you have any of those um I what I don't okay it's okay I just like that I think it's very interesting because faces are so hard to find. Yeah, those draw. sketchbooks are they're from high school and they're long gone, but mm. I can I can I can draw his face right now. It's just really fucking easy. Alright, Candace is actually drawing someone's face right now. I can draw his face. We're, we're, I'm, not, I'm not finished, but like Okay, I was gonna say I'm gonna say he's handsome as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah, it's the lead singer of him. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, I recently saw that podcast you're like talking about your obsessions with him. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's nuts. Cool. It's nuts. He's coming back mm-hmm. April 23rd. It's exciting. Which is 13 years after the first time I saw him. 13 Holy years. Shit. Yeah. That's crazy. 13 years, almost exact. Almost of the day. It's That's one day long, off. Isn't it crazy that we're like at an age where we can say shit like that? Like, that I had an experience 13 years ago that I'm like correlating to this one and I'm like, damn, like, we've been alive for a little minute. It's cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, man, I had something I was asking, but I just completely forgot because you made me laugh with the one dollar compliment shit. <laughs> <laughs> I've had some weird experiences this at Circle K, fam. Oh man, Jesus Christ, it's a crazy world we live in. It's a crazy state we live in. It really is, dude. I think about it all the time. But honestly, like even with like the COVID shit that was going, like I don't know what was going on with you when COVID happening. I was glad that I was here because I was like, me bro, too. It's like it's. It's the Wild West out here for sure. For and sure, I, I've but had I appreciate that I can't, it. Right? Yes, exactly. I know how to move in this infrastructure, like and like, and nothing was too crazy, you know. It was no, like, everyone was kind of like just with the amount of tweakers we do with since we were like in elementary, middle basically, school, yeah, basically, and like living next to meth heads. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, we could go to New York and survive. Yeah. I've been there. Yeah, me too. I've been there. We're, look, we're cut. We're we cut thrive. different. We yeah, thrive. and then not yeah. only that. We're trigger happy. Yeah. I don't think I don't think I realize that about myself, even though I don't have really? a gun. Mm-hmm. I would just be like, let me shoot a motherfucker. I'll shoot you. If, if I shoot a motherfucker, <laughs> I was just like, let someone step one you. foot in my door. Yeah, yeah. I will shoot you. I'll shoot you. I want to shoot Arizona. someone. You're in a good state for it. <laughs> <laughs> the name of the episode is I Wanna Shoot Someone. <laughs> Oh, I want to shoot I someone. I got a gun. You can shoot like, somebody. If you I, want. I, I legit. I just. Want, I don't want to kill anybody. Yeah. I just want to shoot someone. I just want to be like, ah! Just for funsies. They got a bobo vest on. I just, I just. Yes. Yeah. I want to break someone. Like, Damn, bro. 
That's awesome. Even if it did, no, not a dummy because that wouldn't count. But like, I just, I just want to be like, what if they had like fucked up Facebook simulations where, you, where you're the school shooter or some shit like that? Wow, imagine that. Yo, that, that, that brings me up to this. So you, you're, you're aware with the Neuralink, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing Neuralink. So, um, and I'm sure you're aware with like, um, with brain scans they do on like psychopathic killers, people who just kill people and they don't really have any thought about it after. So a lot of times those scans show that the blood flow in the brain is not going towards the part that we believe is a part of the brain that stimulates empathy. You know what I mean? Where you would kind of have like these feelings of recollection. Even if you want to kill someone, you kill them. You would start having these understanding, like, oh, my God, what's... They have so, a family, blah, blah, blah. Right, whatever. Yeah. Or, what am I doing? Am I fucked? Yeah. So... Like, having flashbacks we, is not a right, thing for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we start getting into this technology where we can send electromagnetic impulses into parts of the brain. I always think about this. Do If you sent an electromagnetic impulse via Neuralink or some technology like that, bred from that, would that person start to feel empathy or would they start to feel an, an, a, another emotion that we don't know about? It's like, what do you think? Because like, it's like a lot of times we, we, or the way that it's been explained to me is that these people, because of their neurological wiring, don't feel that. So life to them means less. So the taking of life is simply a power construct to them. I think it's. I you think I, mean? I think it's one part evolutionary. I think yeah. they are. I think they are an anomaly when right. it comes to whether you want to call it a defect or not. I think it's mm. something survivalist to say to kill without thinking. I think that's a survivalist mechanism, whether mm. we want to agree with it morally it or not. Right. To kill and to kill and to kill. Think about like being. Think about like your enemy goes from a monkey to mm. your fellow human. Yeah. How do you survive? How do you, how do you... It gets infinitely more complex. Yeah, because yeah. like the wars back then, now we have the luxury of bombing someone from our country. Before we had to go there, surviving drone. the trip. It's like a video game yeah. someone, yeah. Surviving the trip, number one, surviving the trip is crazy. Number two, it's like you have to um, sustain yourself on battle. Like, getting injured, getting a cut, meant you got an infection. You know what I mean? Like, nowadays, they have trucks full of plasma at the war fields and stuff like that. So, I think it's something to say if you could just kill, 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 kill. And then, if if it's a survival thing. I think if... But I I do think people get perverted. I think stuff people consume as far as like, I I feel like these serial killers were consuming media as far as like, I feel like they were heavy into pornography. If you look deep into all of them, they're Mm. heavy into porn. Mm. They're heavy into, they had some type of abuse stemming when they were little. So I think that plays in like how the wires weren't formed correctly. I think Mm. the brain, the brain knows what it wants to do. The brain as it develops, but if there's any type of interruptions, like if there's interruptions in the womb, if there's interruptions in early developmental years, the wiring of the brain is going to get stuck in a way that it's not supposed to be stuck. Do you think it's possible with that technology, maybe in the future, no. to... You don't think so? No, You think that it's wired bra- like that and yes. there's no way that it makes yes, it because Interesting. when you when your brain... Think about this. If this is your brain, yeah. and it grows like this for 25 years, you can add new wires, you can add new plugs and outlets and stuff, but this is not going to go into that. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I'm inclined to believe with you, but there's some neurologists who believe that neuroplasticity can like change that. And for me, that begs the philosophical question, is that happening right now? Are yes. our thoughts our own? Are our thoughts actually electrical impulses from somewhere else? They might be Science right. will tell you, yes, that's what's happening. That's what our thoughts are, our electrical impulses, but are they organic? 
and then and then you go into deeper into okay we're talking about the conscious state what about the subconscious state what about dreams because these are the same neurological like it's the same impulse going through your brain but your brain is so good at creating that reality i and think consciousness is one bit divided into infinity i agree yeah because i mean what is the source of everything and how are we experiencing each other as both conscious beings because we're tied to the same thing. Exactly. Absolutely. I was I was thinking about this when I was all over here because I was um while I was listening to that, that episode you dropped and you were talking about how you really fell into uh, um, philosophy in college, but then you kind of like I I was really in love with it, but I didn't know how I was going to proceed it. Or you said something like it was difficult, but you didn't really know how to like apply it in your life. Or like you, maybe you just didn't want to go down that path, whatever. But like, well, it's hard to monetize philosophy. Oh, of course, but <laughs> of course, and I, and you see people do it mostly through art. Right, it's art. It's not. It's not never someone like um. You get these certain thinkers that have like a. They go to people go and listen and speak. Like Jordan Peterson comes to yeah. mind. He's a great thinker. Yeah. Our time is great. He's a great author. Author. Um. But like mostly, you see like the real moves of consciousness come through music. They come through waves. So like even when you're asking me like, did something happen that made me do this? Something did happen to me that was like very unconventional, but kind of like shifted my consciousness into thinking like oh, this is the route that you want to go down because ultimately what I wanted to have was a shift in consciousness. I wanted to be able to be good enough at, at writing my own emotions that I could make a lonely kid that I was feel less alone. The way Kid Cudi did for me. The way yeah, you right. Know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I'll tell you the story because my dad is like a crazy man. Like, he, well, he was a crazy man. Now he's like religious and like he recently stopped smoking weed actually it's he's interesting how weed. people find god oh my god <clears throat> his man's been smoking weed for like 40 years dude straight like my whole child when i smell weed it reminds me of my father like, wow my dad and like recently i went to go hang out with him he's like i don't smoke weed anymore like last time like, he gave me all his weed like that's my dad now like and i'm like what the wait who's my where's my dad at like you know what i mean next thing you know is to be vegan dude i'm taking turmeric shots in the morning oh my god <laughs> like, if that happened i'd be like nah bro you're a fucking sim bro no. you're a simulation yeah my uncle he was a bad alcoholic i mean mm -hmm. interlock for three years yeah bad alcoholic you I see mean, it destroys people yeah. Night and day now. Yeah. He's all about God. He wow. exercises. He doesn't eat anything That's processed. Beautiful. He's like, he's like, I gotta, to go to I gotta go to the gym. I gotta go to the gym. He'll like That's he's coming. He's coming to visit on Thursday. I promise you, he'll go to the gym. He has a gym membership in Arizona mm -hmm. and in, in New Mexico. He's not even here. Gotta work out. Yes. That's his addiction. Yes. Right, but at least it's a positive one. Like, how much? Discipline it takes to change your life like that. Respect to him, and also you need discipline. I, some discipline to. is something that you can't get in a pill, and no that's way. something that every mentally ill person needs to hear: is that you Absolutely. will not get discipline in a fucking pill. Absolutely, I'm glad you said that. So I want to ask you. I'll circle back to that story, but I mm -hmm. want to ask you what got you into painting, because for me, painting was an art form that I really respected, but I got into because I knew it was going to teach me patience. What so got what got you into it? Like I switched majors. I was always drawing, right? Yeah. And I switched majors and I was on the eighth floor of Ropo, Roosevelt Point, on mm. Garfield and Fourth Street. Mm. And now it's all restaurants and right. apartments, but the view looking down was murals from Spock, murals from La Locota, murals from Tato Correo, murals from JV Snyder, all these great muralists in the in the city that have been the great since I was in elementary school. They've been painting these buildings of downtown since I was like seven, eight, mm. nine, ten. My mom used to go get off on um, 7th Street to go to her job at the Senator Connor Courthouse downtown, and I'd see Lalo's painting on the billboard. 
So it would always, always grow up with me. Always, I always knew that I'm like, there's artists downtown. There's artists downtown. Yeah. And they were always unknown and underground <clears throat> until I moved that apartment. And every day I would smoke a cigarette. I'd smoke my weed on that balcony. I'd watch the sunrise. And I'd be like, I'm going to get down there. I'm going to fucking get down there. I'm going to be. Fucking do I'm going to be on the fucking map with them. So next oh. thing you know, I bought a spray. I went to Just Blaze, bought a couple cans, Fuck got a yeah. piece of cardboard, called out, called Manny. Manny got his drone, was filming me, painting down there. And like ever and it was history ever since. Like one time Lala opened a gallery where Golden Tattoo used to be, Golden Rule Tattoo. I've actually been there and I've actually wow. So he opened his gallery yeah, and he there. had a show. He had it for two years, his second year, he had a Valentine's Day show where every single person he asked to be in the show had to make a black and white painting. Really? That was Valentine's Day themed. Really? So I painted one of my women being seductive. Black and white. Black and white. He asked me to be in a show. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, oh my God. I have a story that literally melds all of that. So the one person I saw and the reason I was in Golden 2, Golden, I'm sorry, Golden Golden Rule, Rule, not the Golden Tool. Um, (laughs) Although someone out there has a Golden Tool, I'm sure. (laughs) Golden Rule is the person I got got tattooed there was actually a woman that I was dating. And one of the more like romantic things we did at a certain point was like, you know, like when you were on the light rail and you overpassed that um, Tempe, uh, the Tempe Town Lake. Oh, we were downtown. So you're talking about Golden Rule in Tempe. Yes. Okay. Oh, there's one in downtown. Yeah, that's too. where that's where oh, the that's where, that's where the Lalo show deeper. was. Yeah, that's oh, that. Shit. And then that that you're that. talking about the Golden Rule right by the um, right on Seventh Street right there. I was just there. I lived there. Oh my god. That's where I lived. Really? And that's see walking up and down that street every day and being an artist, you get inspired. Easily, right? Easily. So I was like, I'm gonna do murals, I'm gonna paint, da da da. Next thing you know, Nala's like, come smoke with me, come smoke with me. And then I find out that I'm dating Lalo's best friend's son. Oh, wow. So it all ties in. I'm like, you know me, we know each other. So I'm hooked up with Barrio Cafe. I'm hooked up with Lalo who oh, paints Barrio Cafe. I'm me and Ruben no longer date, but like it was it was the best. You seen that mural they're doing on 7th Street now? Yeah, Pablo Luna died. So, I think that's a memorial for him right now. Really? Yeah. It looks fucking good, what they're doing right there. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong, but like I think it's memorial. memorial. That's awesome as fuck. Yeah, one of the guys, his name was Pablo Luna. Vandalizing shit is romantic, especially it's in the aspects. So, so, like, this girl that I was with, right? She got a tattoo at Golden World, the one Tempe, though. Yeah. Um, but one day, when we were dating, we were like, we want to do something that was, like, will stand out. And we, um, <clears throat> you know how, like, the one, there's one that goes on the light rail over the bridge, and there's one that's, like, actual train? So, we, like, got on the side of that bridge and, like, climbed the train on the side of the bridge at night, right? And, like, spray-painted the sides. Because you know how, like, someone someone famously, like, in the middle, if you look at that bridge, they, they pre-painted, blame these kids. Blame these kids. And I've always looked at that my whole life going, like, real, like who, who did that? It looks so fucking cool. I want to do that bridge. Because, like, my friend Tony, who you know Tony, is, like, um, a very big artist. Like, he's, like, my inspiration for painting and all this shit. So, he would always tell me about, like, these God spots. Like, you hit this shit and no one's going to cover your shit up. You're hanging 30 feet over the water to hit this shit, you know? So I remember one night we went and we dressed up in all black. And, like, we climbed on these fence, dude, and we tagged stuff together. And, like, it was, like, till to this day, I'm, like, that's one of the most romantic. <laughs> and I, like, dude, we both almost fell. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, you're hanging over the water at night and a train could come by on the bridge you're on. And you just, and if it would, you just have to hold on to it. You know what I mean? Well, I was like, that's awesome. It was awesome, dude. I made eye contact with some dude that was going by on the light rail. He just saw me on the train. And you could tell he went like this. He went, and he like double took, like, is that a fucking human? On its de- <laughs> like kneeling on the fucking rail? Like, they're like, I was just like, yeah, I'll never forget that shit. Um, but I, I wrote in gold ink 
who am I, who are we, and the question mark in the middle, and gold ink. So if anyone ever sees that, that's, that's your boy. That's your boy. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Oh, my God. And then she wrote, I'm ashamed to be human. Because <laughs> she, like, she was, <laughs> she was not fucking with the earth at that point. No, she was not fucking with the earth There was a lot of fuck point. shit going on, though. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm ashamed to be human. I'll never forget that. One of the more romantic things I've done with a woman is like, you know, vandalize a bridge at night. That's how fucked up that, I am. That tops any romantic thing I've ever done. I can't it was even cute. I can't even think of anything. It was cute. You know what? The mo- one romantic thing I did with someone. Mm. I took Brianna to the hymn concert and she what? and she she stood there. Brianna the whole- Yeah, she stood there the whole time not knowing one song. I Brianna feel like that Wilder. was the most romantic thing someone ever did for me was stand in a hymn concert <laughs> for me. <laughs> Dude, and she stood in line all day oh with me honestly, to get a good to get a good spot. Honestly, I love her and I love Ryan. Dude, I have only fond memories of them, dude. Only fond memories. Like for me, it's so bittersweet because I miss them so much yeah, every day. If I could right. take it back and not fuck either of them, mm-hmm. I would in a heartbeat. Did you fuck both of them? Yeah. Impressive, attractive people. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but uh, the one memory I do have of Ryan, hopefully this is not like two out of shop. Me and him were cool, right? Yeah. Always cool, right? He always said nice things about you. Dude, me and him were always cool, but not like, we're just cool, right? So one day we're on the school bus, right? Going home. He walks up to me and like walks down to the aisle of Matt and he like leans in. He's like, yo, bro, I'm about to fight this dude and get out. You want to like back me up? <laughs> and I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I, I don't know you that well. <laughs> But yes, I'll back you up, right? So, like, but my job was, like, if someone came in, then I fight them, yeah. you know? So I was, like, I, I'm just a guy on the bench, you know? So, but I'll never forget, dude. I will never forget this. So we get off in the apartment complex. It's the front of the apartment complex, by the way. Yeah. So they start fighting, right? And Ryan is beating this dude's ass, dude. Like, literally just body shot, body shot, hit him in the head, beating his ass. Eventually, he just gets tired and in the middle of the fight, like, lays down on the floor. <laughs>
I'm from Apostle. That's one of the reasons why we and him. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. from the Apostle area. So I'm just like, interesting. I can see who's listening. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> that's so cool, man. Shout out Apostle. Yeah, that's my, home, that's my home city. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why me and him like knew each other. Because we had been from the same place in Texas. And our family's from the same place. But yeah, man, it just goes to show you, you know, if you need a fight double, ask me. I'll do it. All right. <laughs> now I know. I, even if it's not my stop. Even if it's not my stop. <laughs> What were we talking about before? Oh, fuck. I forgot. We were talking about everything. Neuralink, oh polyamory. But I, I like your perspective of saying, like, no, maybe those those people wouldn't feel empathy or regret or what they did because they've been programmed a certain way. But it's... Ah, oh, man. That's just, I, feel, I, don't feel like, I don't feel like anyone's born a killer. Right. I just feel like people, given their environment, you can raise a killer. Absolutely. I don't think there's such thing as an NBK. <clears throat> I, I, I don't. But people will argue with me on that, and, and that's fine. I wonder. I wonder, I wonder. Because, and then what the argument would be then, right, is like there's been people in the pit, in the past of history that do have that affliction where they don't feel empathy, but these have been some of like the greatest leaders of the human race. And how, and how, and begs the question, how were they raised every day? Yeah, probably like shit. Probably yeah. beaten until they, they couldn't to, cry. Like, think about like Gong's Not Kong, fed. Right? Yeah. And like, in, 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 like overtook most of the world. These people weren't cuddled. No, fuck no. You know There's what no I mean? Way. There's no way. Dude, we live such easy lives now in the modern day. It's we do. fucking insane. We do. And sometimes <laughs> I try to, I try to, oh. sometimes I, 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 not so much for myself anymore, but sometimes yeah. I, I take a look around at kids and I'm just like, you know, this all could end right now. Yeah. Right. And then, like, that guy hooked up with... He was 21. Uh-huh. He has no idea what life was like before 9-11. Right. So, he, this that. whole, like, the phone listening to you, right. the ads being right. too personal. He thinks that's normal. There's nothing before. Dude, you know, I think I was thinking about something on the way uh-huh. here. About, because, like I said, I was listening to that episode about the 90s kids. And I always think about this, especially because we're the same age. You're about, you're about to turn 27. Yeah. I'm already 27 two months ago. So, oh, I'm about to be 27 two months. Yeah. So, well, right on. So, me and you, as far as we were born, <clears throat> in my perspective, in the sweet spot. As far in as the fucking one sweet spot, foot in the one shit, foot dude, in. And then one, one growing up with it, right. Where it's like, I remember having a cell phone and it wasn't connected to the internet. You would get the MSN homepage and it would be loading for I fucking I remember I had hours. a Razor and the app store on the Razor only had one game and yeah. it was a Monopoly game and it oh, cost you $20 sweet. a month. <laughs> And then they're charging you monthly. And yeah. then they want to charge you three twenty nine oh a month for a ring back tone. But you know what? They're like, hey, bitch, we're the only game out here. You know what I right? mean? They're like, we're going to run these numbers up. I love that, dude. Um, Yeah, kids don't know. And like, back to what we're talking about neurology, that shifted our neurological chemistry because now it's never going to be the same unless you get your kid and you take them to some remote location and you uh, hawk watch them. Every kid's going to have in their neurological chemistry building up how to work an iPad. How do you change the brightness? That's why how do you search the internet? That's why I appreciate my mom would send me home to the reservation every summer. Really? Yeah. To get away? To get bit. away and to learn. For what oh, tribe? Navajo. Oh, right. But right. like you had, I had to go get water from the well. We had to, um, when it came to grocery shopping, all of a sudden I'm couponing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm waking up early. I'm getting ads. I'm eating. I'm making $5 stretch. I went from being a spoiled kid to like, all right, we're making money work for us. Like, you know, and it was fun because I was with my grandma. I was with my cousins. I didn't see it as like a training camp. I just saw it as like, oh, I'm going to the res with my grandma. But my mom sent me back there to be like, this is where I come from. Mm. And you are 20 years away from this. So don't you grow up. 
in these four houses with this air conditioning, with this running water, with this running bathroom. That's how how it always was. Yeah. It's a different slice of life, right? Yeah. You're also in a sweet spot where you like, you kind of get that from your parent where they have to go through that for you. Yeah. And you get the, it's the same thing with my dad too. Like the shit that my dad had to go through. I often think like, dude, thank God that he went through that. And now I just like, I had to go through a lot of fucked up shit. A lot of fucked up shit. Don't get me, me wrong. Too. But a lot of it. But I'm in a position now where like, from him I learned, I'm, I I don't let anger control me. I don't let negative emotion control my life. I don't care what people think of me. I do what the fuck I want. Literally don't have kids for that reason. And like, yeah. I would not even be able to be in a position chasing my dreams if my father did not struggle like that. So I think it's kind of genius on your mom to be like, hey, this is how I grew up. It's just a little slice of it, you know? And I think mm-hmm. I think that would I would argue that that's made up of a lot of who you are now, having those experiences. Yeah, you know? I would argue that too, because if I... Because now I know I know what it's like to just to... It's, for me, it's not about surviving, because when you don't have all these distractions, when you don't have the two flat screen TVs, mm-hmm. the laptop, the iPad, the mm-hmm. phone, the, you know, when you don't have all that shit... You have your family. Mm-hmm. You have to learn how to be funny. You have to learn how to tell stories. You have to learn how to like you have to tease each other to yep. make things. You know what I mean? Games, like make up joking yep. and stuff like that. I feel like people miss that a lot because they're so hooked in. Yeah. Even at dinner. That's that development though, right? Yeah. Like that's that human development that we need. Like, yeah, you're right. So I'm kind of scared a little bit for like the people growing up after me because it's kind of like, damn, it's either gonna it's either gonna work very well for you, or you're gonna be like really kind of fucked up. And humanistic aspect where it's like you don't know how to talk to people because and I feel like people the whole playing hard to get is making this the whole technology is making it worse because people are trying to guess what people mean over text messages oh my god that's the worst and dude. emojis too that's and like, the fucking worst and like how long did it take for them to text you back did they see my message oh my god. Did they and then you message? could see everything and then if someone doesn't text you you go look at their Instagram and it's like dude you're creating a prison in your mind dude and then it, oh, it, it, it creates gross. for me for someone like when people because people are starting to message me now and it's going to a different inbox yeah and like they're messaging me based on what i said on the podcast and Mm. like i'll be posting all day and i'm like and then for me i'm like i don't want to give off that illusion and i'm just like fuck that illusion yeah so now it's like fucking with my head now Mm, yeah on the other side right because you're looking at the side yeah but honestly it is it is that fuck that illusion because it is exactly that it's an illusion mm-hmm. but i think it's very interesting because now technology shaped even how interactions how you interact with someone in a relationship like you know what i mean it's so crazy dude it's so fucking crazy oh my god man what are we gonna do dude because that's just, it's we're, gonna... we're not gonna procreate and then, then, then <laughs> we're not gonna procreate and then people Already wonder check. why because i i'm not having a baby with someone i'm not secure with no way there's no way in hell because like for yeah. me i if i'm gonna have a baby then i'm gonna have to be realistic and be like, can I be a parent with this person? Right. Can I be a parent? I'm not yep. talking about a husband or wife. Mm-hmm. Husband and a parent, a mm-hmm. wife and a parent are two different things. Different things. Different roles. Can I be a parent with this woman? I mean, can I be a... Yeah. Can, I, can you be a parent with this woman? Can you be a parent with this guy? Mm-hmm. If the answer is hell no, you shouldn't be having sex with that person. Absolutely. And, and I'm saying this a little bit biased because if if no one ever had sex with someone they weren't actually interested in, I wouldn't have been born. Right. To be right, honest with right, you. Right, like, right. To be honest with you. But I'm that way as well because like I look at it real, very realistically and I'm like, okay, what does it mean to me to bring in a human consciousness to earth? And then I'm responsible for it. And I actually care about what that kid goes through and what they learn and how they are and who they are, what they contribute to the world. So if I'm realistic with myself, I've only met one, maybe two but one definitely, one person that I would even consider 
tying my life together regardless. So like even I've if never, we don't work I've, out, I've never met right, anyone. Right, and so that that makes me think like, oh, I'm not just gonna fucking have a kid just because I like somebody. Like that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, and like you got to think the, about the pre- that. The pressure to I feel like there's a lot of pressure on us to have kids, even more so than five years ago. Why do you think? Because I feel like people are looking around, a lot of people, not people, but like boomers, mm. their legacy is going nowhere. All the money Where they- are your grandkids? Like, well, yeah. Like yeah. They have, they have nobody to leave their That's shit so to. Because uh, the whole, they justified pawning all of the bills on us for the sake of, oh, we're passing on our legacy because they're going to, they're about to kick the fucking bucket. Yeah. They, don't they have nothing to leave. Fuck y'all. Yeah. They have nothing to leave behind. And like- their kids are parents. Mm-hmm. They're looking at them like, where's your grandchildren? And then they're like, I don't know. They're looking at us like, where's our grandchildren? And we're looking at them like, you want to pay for our grandchildren in addition to us? There's no way. There's no way. Because yeah. my mom, she doesn't want me to get pregnant because she's going to have to support the baby. <laughs> right. She's like, don't do Where it. Where am I going to grab a quarter million dollars from, mom? Oh, my God, dude. Where am I going to grab it from, mom? You know what's crazy, too? It's like all like... um besides two close friends that we went to high school with all of my friends from there all have kids all are yeah, and more power to them dude but like holy shit y'all are wilding the fuck out right now like takes like that's just, this is just my life trajectory so i don't judge anybody you know but i'm like the people that we know dude most of them already have fucking families. our cell sister jasmine perez mm. do you know do you know her jasmine perez she went she's a great lord than us but like no i don't but um her baby daddy or her husband, mm. um, Salvador mm. Chava, you know him? That sounds a little more familiar. They have like six kids. And I'm oh! just like, guys, calm down. And I'm like, Arcel, you're a big uncle. He has no kids. And I'm just like. Six kids. But bro. me and Arcel go way back. Me and Arcel go back to Sunridge. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to Arcel. Um, the most positive people you ever meet on earth. He is. And he got he got in trouble one time because he wanted to sit next to me really bad on the yeah. on the bus, but he couldn't. Why? Assigned seating or oh, some shit. Oh, so stupid, yeah. And then like, he, they I dragged him. He's like, I want to sit next to Candace. And I'm just like, no. But yeah, every day on the bus, we live two blocks away from each other. That's awesome. Dude, yeah, I love Marcel, man. So fucking positive. Yeah. He'd be like, what's up? What's up? And then like, you'll be talking about like, oh, I don't know, man. And he'll be like, you know, this is really great. And I'll be like, oh. Yeah, it's a nice day. Like, yeah. Keep throwing the wind and such your back. Yeah. Like, God damn it, Marcel. I'm trying to think about my childhood trauma right, right now. Right, so, okay. like, I'm having, I'm having PTSD over here, so let me like, be. He's just like, all right, well, it's a nice day. Yeah, no, I love people like that because I, there's a certain aspect of that that I a little bit envy because I'm very much like a very, I, I think of things like I'm a dreamer for sure. Like, I'll fucking go out on my for an idea. I'll die for it for my fucking ideas. I'm a dreamer, but I'm very, like, realistic in how I approach it and very, like, articulate methodical i would say mm-hmm. so i tend to look at things in a much more like realistic way and that kind of sometimes robs the like i'm getting better at it like being present and looking at like i'm alive today and it's the way the sunlight comes right out the and then that's and a hard like practice that. to do because when I, you're down and out everyone who's trying to help you is like be present yeah. and then you're like fuck off yeah right i think it's about the practices of being present right because i think you have to teach yourself to be present yeah for me know? being present is like what works for you when you're like needing to be present does my skin feel good? Do I feel good? Do I feel okay? Do I walk past the mirror and I go, ooh? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? That's what being present is for me. Because if I don't feel right, if this isn't clean, if mm-hmm. I don't feel right, like I don't feel like I can do anything, mm-hmm. 
that makes sense. Yeah, you feel like you have to do other shit to get to that point of being. I feel like I can't have any interruptions, yeah. like to be present, because like if I, if I have a thought like okay, if I have a one track thought of like okay, let me get up and go take a medicine. It's a walk from there to there. Mm-hmm. But if there's clothes on the floor, if there's all types <laughs> of distractions, I'm yeah. like, oh my god, what's going on? I lose Your track of thought. Like- Fifteen minutes later. I still have to take my medicine. And the walk is right here. Mm-hmm. So. You get lost in it. So that's one of the things for you then, right? Like having a clean space helps to be present. Like, yeah, I think everybody has a different thing, right? Yeah, but for everyone sure. Everyone needs to be present though. We yeah, all for sure. That, you know, but it's like, this is what, that's what I'm saying. Because you said like, people will tell you that, but it's really up to you to find the practices that work What does that you. mean to you yeah, as an individual? Exactly. What does being present mean? Exactly. Exactly. Because yes. I feel like... I feel like. What's the anchor? I mean, God bless everyone in the mental health industry trying to help, but they don't have all the answers. Of course and, not. You know, and I yeah. just I just feel like... Not. I just feel like we both need to come to an understanding as patients and as techs that we all don't have the answers. We're still trying to figure this out, but... Being present is something we can agree on that yeah, needs to happen. But yeah. I feel like trying to apply principles like mindfulness and being present as like a one fits all yeah. strategy. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't work, right? It's if it's, if we see it as an end goal, no then we can kind of adapt our the way we do things in our daily lives to be present or to be mindful. Me being mindful is like keeping track of bills helps me be mindful. Okay. Right. It's different for everyone, yeah. right? I, I, I bring this up because I've recently in the last year, that's one of the best skills I taught myself is how do I be present as Eloy, right? Like even tonight, I'm performing at Rebel Lounge. Oh, at, what time? Um, at like, I think it starts at 7. Oh, wow. Well, doors open at 7. It starts around 7.38. Um, but I'm doing poetry, spoken word. So no, none of my comfort zone, no music, no, I don't, you know, no singing, no melody, no structure. But I don't even know what I'm going to do. So what I'm going to do before I get there is find a present moment then feel what I should say in that moment. But I'll share this story with you. Is like one of the things that helps me be present is I'm an artist so and I'm, I'm very detail-oriented with my art. So finding details in a moment. So one of the days I was walking down the street to 7th Avenue, which you're very familiar with. And do you know that Phoenix statue? That one that's like a giant Phoenix inside of a, front of a school? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So there's a field right there, right? Mm-hmm. So I was walking by and I was kind of in my head. Right, I'm, I think I was going to a performance because the the Rebel Lounge is where they I, this poetry show used to be. They used to do it at um, um, film bar. Film bar, which closed down. Rest in peace, film bar. bar. So I was walking there and I was in my head, right? And yeah. so I told myself, notice details, right? So I and I noticed that there's a football game right here. Something in my intuition, something in my subconscious told me, stop walking, take this moment, watch this next play of this football game. This is gonna help you be present, right? So I stopped and looked, and I'm looking through a fence, right? So they're at the end zone, right? He hikes it, hike. The kid scrambles, he scrambles out the pocket. He throws it to some kid in the fucking end zone, right? This kid reaches up, grabs it, touchdown catch, fucking pulls it in. His whole team runs and God, they lift him up. And he, I see number 11 on his back, right? And I'm like, whoa, thank God I stopped to see that play. It was amazing. And then I look, and I'm on 11th Street. Wow. And then I was like, boom. And to me, it was like, you just realize how you become present. You find small details. Oh, two two birds just flew by. One of them landed on the thing. You know what happens to me a lot of the times? If, like, let's say right now, jaw rule. If I was just saying the words jaw rule, mm-hmm. and I happen to look at the same time of saying jaw rule and seeing jaw rule, maybe jaw rule's on a commercial. Yeah. Maybe it's not jaw rule. Maybe I'm thinking the letters 20, uh, maybe the letter or the phrase 
gotta get up. Mm-hmm. If I'm thinking of something random and it plays at the same time I'm thinking it on TV or mm-hmm. on YouTube, I don't really know what that phenomena is. Yeah. I don't know if my brain's looking for things, knows, but like right? I know that I'm present. Right. That's what I'm saying. So like, but that's what I'm saying is the value of like, I hope that more people learn that practice because it's more of a self-taught practice than one that can be taught to you through watching a video about how to be present. Right. Or it's different for everybody. You know? It's hard for practitioners to express principles like yoga, meditating, mindfulness, right. being present. Because like even the word meditating just itches me. Because I'm just like, I can't stop my thoughts. But to me, meditating is drawing. Mm-hmm. If I'm it drawing like, for yeah. like six hours straight, especially if I'm doing a chuckle drawing, I could be here for like two, three days. Yeah. I'm in the zone. Not I'm not checking my phone. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not like, oh, what's what's going on here? What's going on there? I'm not a. I'm not a squirrel. Mm. Um, it's a meditative practice. It is. Yeah, that's what meditating is to me because I can. I can literally breathe and not think when I'm drawing with charcoal. Yes, I think that's what. Yes, I think that's what we're similar to. Is like art becomes that, and then in that instance, it bleeds into this therapeutic aspect of your life where you're like, I need this moment to not think and create something. Because there's something that's bigger than me. Love this song, by the way. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's, I, I think that's what I'm saying. Like, yes, medita- meditation is one of those sacred art forms that for the most part applies, can apply to everyone. But also people meditate differently. People find their presence differently. So I think it's like more about looking inward to yourself with these practices that we're like looking for answers and how to be present and all that shit. Like, well, ask yourself, how are you present? You know, what makes you feel alive? Sometimes that, me, for me, one of them is getting on stage. Right. I'm getting on stage tonight. I don't know what the fuck I'm going to say, but that makes me feel right. pressing. You know? So it's like... I love that. Dive into that, you <laughs> bitch. Yeah. It's like, I was watching this video, this Joey Diaz. He's like, wake up, cocksucker. The fucking <laughs> daisies are open. You got to sniff the monkey. Write that shit down <laughs> on a piece of paper. And how he used to say, like, fuck everybody. Write that shit down on a piece of paper. And I'm like, this is like the artistic... You got to smell the monkey. You got to smell the fucking flowers. Smell a fucking monkey. And he just spoke. But everything he says is about, like... Fuck all the extra shit. You know what the fuck you're doing. Write that shit down. Mm-hmm. Say what you need to say. Put it out into the universe. And that's why I love him because no one's going to articulate it in that way. Right. You know? It's like no one's going to articulate him and that way. And I love how Joey was just himself because he inspired me to be myself with this mm-hmm. podcast. There's so going to cool. be people coming out because there's already strangers coming out like, I don't like how you said this. And there's people like, I really yeah. love how you said that. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be people, and there's already people in my past life that I, I you know, people in my personal life are coming yeah. up. Or people, I haven't thought about you in years. Why the fuck are you bringing this up? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's in my subconscious, bitch. bitch. <laughs> and it shaped me. I'm talking about it. Yeah, that's. I think it's beautiful what you're doing, man. It's so, it's so human. So, like, someone around me that I know who I think is interested in doing it, I automatically attract to that, you know? Because I'm interested in talking to people who have different perspectives. I'm interested in um, talking to people who I think are interesting and weird. You know, it's like, that shit is what makes me want to be present. It makes me want to, like, do shit, you know? So it's Yeah, like, thank you so much for coming today. Dude, thank you for having me, dude. Honestly, I fucking love it. And I had fucking fun, dude. Like, I had a blast. It's for real fun. I had a blast. This, this is the type of shit that makes me be present. It's having a conversation with a friend. Not having no holes bar with what you could talk about. Opening up a little. Yeah, little, thank you little, for like, being open. Because, like... My other guests had very reasonable. Don't talk about this. Don't talk about that. Right. And it didn't make the didn't make or break the interview. But for future guests, it's like, what if I had like a Kylie Jenner and she told me I can't talk about Travis? Then what the fuck is the point? Yeah, that's interesting. It's like me. It's like me having you and not being able to talk about music. I don't want to limit 
any conversation I have. That's my thing. Like, why would I limit a conversation? Because a conversation to me is an exchange of ideas through right. through words. And it's amazing that we speak the same language. We understand what we're saying. So I'm only here to grow from your perspective. Even if I don't agree with it. Like, it doesn't really right. matter. And I think I, that you know? that's something that I would definitely... I pride myself in and is agreeing to disagree with people. Yeah, absolutely. And meeting them, not in the middle, but like agreeing to disagree and not fighting yeah not calling names not calling mm. anyone out of their character mm. at least acknowledging that there's multiple ways to look at a complex look at construct, something right and i think what's very healthy what people need to do no matter what issue it is no matter what side they're on you have to look at your issue from the other person's perspective absolutely whether or not you agree absolutely. whether or not have to. you have to. have to because if you can't do that you can't argue yeah and also you can't be in a relationship right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, though. I mean, it's like you have to acknowledge this is a big part of my life with change as far as taking accountability. It's like every problem in my life, I'm a part of that problem. And when I started to actually internalize that, I was like, well, shit. Well, then I have more control of my life than I You're thought You're part I did. of the solution. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, yeah. it was so easy for me before to be like, I have no control over my life because of what consciousness and how I'm just... We're all just thrust into consciousness and earth is and it's easy to place. become it's easy to become victim of life. For sure. Yeah. Because there's no choice. Yeah. You know? But then when you start taking some accountability, like this podcast, you start seeing like possibilities open up for you. People relate to you. People understand what you're saying. Doors open up. You find different moments in yourself. Uh, fuck that. Fuck. <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about. Like, being boxed in. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Preconceived notions. Fuck, fuck that. that. Yeah. Hey, two's to the face, nigga. Fuck that. Two's pills and a half. Man, shout out Kenny, bro. Shout that, out Kenny. Have you been listening to the album? Yes! I'm still stuck on N95. And really? You seen the video? No. Ah! You out of pocket. You out of pocket. You have me fucked. You out of pocket. Oh man, you gotta listen to. I think you could do the whip and the nae to that song. Oh fuck yeah! (laughs) Whip nae to any kind of song. I don't give a fuck with it. Sing about me. I'm dying of thirst. Dude, I whip nae that shit all the time. Just for the perspective, you know what I mean? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Just whip that shit to the perspective. But um, I think you would really like Mirror if you heard the outro. I've heard the whole yeah, album. I'm just stuck on N95. I think that one you would really like. Was, N95 is amazing. I, when, it, when it dropped, I was like, oh, okay, time for another religious experience. When Damn came out, I was in downtown Phoenix still finishing my degree. And I was like, oh, I just woke up from a nap. Time for Kendrick because like, I get notifications because I follow beautiful. him. Yeah, beautiful. Me and Brian were just talking about it and he was just telling me about like, how he was crying, fucking realizing things about himself. I'm like, dude, this is what music is, is this, man. Yeah. And this is why and, artists like that are so important and why their music means something. Why music means something. Yeah, you know? he like, followed me from 18 to now. Almost a whole decade from Good Kid, Mag City. Even ADHD and just like... I've had some weird experiences, man. So you remember I was telling you my dad's a crazy man? Yeah. He used to throw these... I used to live in the fucking hood, bro. In the middle of Maryville when it was like super bad... We were living with his gay friend and his his gay friend before he was like openly gay, he had a marriage. And so he had a daughter and she had a kid and her baby daddy. We're all in one house, right? So my dad would throw these ragers all the time, right? And they would be like on school days and shit. This is when I was going to Sierra Linda. So I would be in my room playing my little fucking game, right? There are a bunch of adults are raging. My dad's raging. Anyways, this one guy who's a security guard at the bar, I'll never forget, dude. He had this giant Wu-Tang tattoo on his right forearm. They called him Shrek. Because he's this giant ass dude. So one day he knocks on my door while they're raging, dude. I'm just a little kid. He's like, what you doing in here, little homie? And I'm like, shit, playing games. And I have like a little stereo system. I'm like, get the fuck 
fuck out my room. No, he's, he's cool. Okay. We, but we would talk shit to each other, right? <laughs> so he goes like, yo, fuck whatever you're listening to. Put this on. He hands me a blank CD. And when I grab it, it says, <laughs> dude, I'll never forget this moment. Shifted everything for me. I grabbed the CD and it says, Kendrick Lamar EP. So I put it in my stereo the next day. Listen to it, dude. Change my fucking life. Four months later, he dropped Section 80. Blows the fuck up, dude. Like, starts like, so I was already catching up with that. And I, you know, and then Dre mentions him. And then Dre signs him. And then Kendrick Lamar. And, like, and dude, I'll never next forget. Next thing you know, we're all like, we're all like, ah, ding, 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 ah, ding, ding, ding. Yeah, we're all, we're all like, we're all like, Martin had a dream. We're all like, ah, ah, ah. Next thing you know, dude, he's teaching. I am a sinner. I'm a sinner again. Lord forgive Things I don't understand. I feel like that. Yeah, and that shit changed my life, dude. So, like, I have, like, some very strange experiences where, like, random moments happened that, like, shifted my consciousness to me be, like, I've always been a writer. That was my passion. But now I'm understanding how I want to articulate my writing, how it's meaningful. You know what I mean? It was, like, a big part of that was listening to the Kendrick Lamar EP, which is, like, his first project as Kendrick Lamar. And someone just handed it to me in a burnt disc when I was a kid. That's how I love, I love, I love underground. Yeah. Passing shit, burn yeah. shit. Me too. That you shit made I mean? me, dude. Yeah. Changed, yeah, me too. When you're hood famous and you're hood rich, it's it's different. Yeah, absolutely. It's different. It's a different respect in the community because people, people pass the music along like it's like it's a rite of passage almost. Like you have to hear this, you know, and yeah. that's when you're making music like that. I think it's worth it. I think it's powerful. Yeah, it's, it's like, worth the grind. It's worth the mm-hmm. the trench, the years in the trenches. The years in the trenches. And people, yeah. people don't. That's the beauty of the whole ride is when you're n- unknown. Yeah, it's beautiful when no one knows who the fuck you are, it and really you're just beautiful. like you're your biggest fan. You're 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 buying your own shit. Yep. You're, you're you're cheering on your own Supporting shit. Everything. You're you're the only promoter. Yep. You're the only roadie. You're the yep. only everything. Yep. And then all of a sudden, people are calling you by your stage name yep. or whatever the fuck. And people want to take your picture. People, people want, people want to you. hire you. Yeah. People are like, I heard about you. And then your friends are hyping you up. And it's just like, it's amazing. It is. But I, honestly, I think it's important you said that because I often think that where it's like, I'm in a position where I've invested so many years into it. And it's not because I personally think I would fucking hate being famous. I think it'd be really fun. And it, I would do it. Really, oh, I, I think, I'd be the best. I'd think, be better than think, Cam. I'd be the best be at being famous. I think it'd be fun, but I would genuinely hate the social aspect of like people having preconceived notions about me and shit. I think what I'm after is more of like the influence and and the the healing property that music can bring. Oh, when definitely. You're, when you're vulnerable. Definitely. You know? I definitely. I don't want to be famous for the sake of being famous. I kind of want to like shake it up a little bit, Have shake to. up the world, kind of like how Doja Cat does. She Have just to. like pokes fun at things. Love Doja. Me too. Love Doja. Yeah, and it's, it, those are the people that are supposed to have that influence, and unfortunately, they have to suffer a little bit because fame has a lot of pitfalls to it. Because it's so serious. Yeah. Right. I, it's so serious, and it, and, it, and it shouldn't because it's dumb. It's super dumb. It's super dumb because it's so one thing, means- one hour, mm. boom. Nicki Minaj throws a shoe at Cardi B, and then that's the whole fame for the next... Ugh. They just undermine the <laughs> whole fashion iconic right. night. Yeah, exactly. And then also, like, you're a musician. So, like, if the biggest thing about you is not your music... Somewhere you didn't become, you weren't a musician, you know? And it's like, right. that make, I don't know. So it's like, um, damn, this is taking me back to middle school right here, actually. This is me all day. <laughs> this is, oh, this is me all day. I'll be, I'll just be dancing in here. Oh, I fucking love that. <laughs> it's the best podcast I've ever been on. <laughs> I don't think anyone else does the instrumentals. I think they're too scared. Fair use. 
Fair use. If you take this snippet in court and put it over the 50 Cent Candy Shop beat, it's not the same as when he raps over Candy Shop. It's not the no. same audio. Different flow. Try me. Different flow. <laughs> he had a do-rag gun. I don't even have a do-rag gun right now. There's <laughs> no way. This is a different format. He's on CD. I'm on MP3. Oh, damn. Bleeding these MP3s. Yep. I love what you're doing, man. Honestly, I'm so glad to be here. Thank appreciate you for having me as a it. Appreciate it. I really appreciate you as a guest. And it's now an hour in. Is there yeah, any other grievance? Hour and a half in. We did oh, pretty yeah. good. It's pretty good. We did pretty good. Is there anything else you want? Any shout outs? Maybe to your mom. You know, this is blowing up. We're almost at 500 <laughs> downloads a month. I want to shout out. Uh, I want to shout out Candice for having me on the podcast. Uh, um, shout out to my band. We have a show coming up at Crescent Ballroom. Let them know. Our biggest audience is in Phoenix. Let them know. Six one. We have a show at Crescent Ballroom. We're opening it up. Uh, go by the name of Board Young Man. My name is Eloy Gabriel. Um, shout out to uh, Churros. Whoever invented the Churros. Uh, shout out to Pendleton Ward who wrote and uh, did Adventure Time. I'm going to that right now and give him a shout out. And um, yeah, uh, to all lovely people listening, you know. To human consciousness. To human consciousness. And it's on, weird, right? It's 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 the weirdest it's thing. So fucking weird. It's uh, and here we are. It's it's so weird. It's wet. Ooh, damn. <laughs> Can that be the name of the episode? Yeah. <laughs> it's, so it's so much weird. It's wet. Yeah. Like yeah. coming out the womb, baby. It's so weird. It's wet. Oh man, that's great. Thank you, everyone. Good night. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Wherever you're listening around the world, I bid you adieu. See you next time. And then kind of turn this up a little bit. Just let it ride for a little bit.